getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like you. Welcome to Getting to Know Woo. I'm Natasha Levenger, a professional intuitive reader, energy healer, and inner child healing expert. After being raised with extreme narcissism, I found talk therapy was helpful, but it wasn't until I found energy and inner child healing that I was able to break free of family patterns that cut me off from knowing and loving my true self. I'm passionate about dispelling the rhetoric that these kinds of tools are impractical and ineffective. And in this podcast, I will be sharing how actually beneficial and transformative they are. My husband and producer, Brett, will be joining me in conversation, and we will be welcoming experts along the way. I'm excited to have you here. What's up? Did you say woozeeps? I said woozy woozy oopsies. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> welcome everyone. And also, we did get an email with another suggestion. Oh, great! From a listener named Emmy, who I love because um, she's a fellow cat rescuer. Oh, great! She said, as a fan of both your podcast and Doctor Who, whose fans are often called Whovians. I'm fond of the title Woovian. Oh, Woovian. Do you like that? I do like that one. Okay. I do. It feels, uh, reminds me of one of my favorite adjectives that I never get to use, antediluvian. Oh, boy. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, before the flood. Oh, wow. You really don't. I hope yeah. you never get to use that. <laughs> You know, I just want to, not to get all meta again, but we're in a new mic situation. <laughs> Brett has put, I don't know what he's done here, honestly, but well, there's definitely a sock over something. A some coat hanger <laughs> that is then rubber banded <laughs> to the microphone. The thing is, as listeners may have noticed last week, we're using a... Focusrite Scarlet 2i2 interface. Oh, I'm sure they all know. They all know. Well, treat we did them talk like about it. Idiots. We did talk about it at length. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> the it's it makes the mics more powerful. Like it's a oh. it's a preamp, and I didn't realize what that would oh. do. But it made my voice in particular very poppy with the peas. Mm. Papa. So I forgot to order a proper. Pop filter. Well, do do and we so need we it? Improvised one. I see. We did. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it does look somehow both professional <laughs> and uh, the opposite of that. <laughs> I'm curious how it looks professional. But... <laughs> well, just because like there's a thing in front of the mic, <laughs> it's like a, you know that yeah, part like, looks yeah, fancy, yeah. but then there's a sock over it and. <laughs> So it just kind of looks like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be talking. Anyway. Just talk into the pop filter. I'm sorry, the sock filter. Okay, yeah. And uh, we'll be fine. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, here we are. New week, new us. <laughs> it's a new year for me. Wait, oh, because of your birthday, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to listen to um, Lizzie G, a.k.a. Liz Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> On a podcast 
two days before her 53rd birthday. Hmm. And I was just listening to it like two days after mine. And but this podcast episode was like from July. So. Wow. And anyway, it was inspiring, I felt like right? That was like, didn't she share something that was inspiring <laughs> Are you trying to, you? to lead me somewhere? Well, she always says inspiring things. I love her. She's She may have replaced Oprah for me. I mean, it's different because I feel more connected to her like a real person, and I feel like Oprah's like <laughs> a queen. But... <laughs> yeah, well, Oprah is also a lot less um, present these days, like oh. public-facing, isn't she? Well, Liz- Lizzie G is not very public-facing. She got off social media. Hmm. She's just on random. I think she just goes on like her friends' podcasts maybe, but anyway... So let's get to our saggy menti. What we're excited about. (laughs) Before we, oh, uh... I will just lead in to say, I'll lean in and lean in um, to say that we have a guest today. Finally, we have our guest (laughs) after a few. um, On the third attempt. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Brooks, who is an integrative trauma therapist, and he was so fun. They, sorry, they were so fun. They were great. Uh, we loved them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just just a little, uh, you know, heads up. <laughs> Look out in a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll start with what I'm excited about, mm-hmm. which is a little ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, well, in some ways, we have two more foster cats uh, from the rescue organization Laps to Naps. <laughs> or is it the other way around? Naps to Laps? <laughs> I think maybe. Naps I, I, think, I think it could go either way. Yeah, I think I Laps agree. can transition it's to laps, Naps. Oh, no, it's Laps and Naps. Oh, that makes so Home much more for sense. for senior cats. Okay, yeah, that makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not boys, two men. It's not one or it's the not other. A tra- yeah, you don't have to leave one behind. You get both laps and naps. Uh, but we have a couple of adorable senior cats in hiding in my office right now. But uh, one of them is terrified, but they're going to end up my best friend. And the other one is less terrified, but is already so affectionate and sweet when you can coax him out. I, I'm, oh my God, I love it. It's very upsetting because in some ways, because mm-hmm. he looks exactly like my soulmate cat, Greg, who yeah. I have a necklace, a shirt, a painting, wallpaper. Multiple um, paintings. Multiple paintings. A tattoo. Oh, right, a tattoo. Tattoo. All dedicated to a poem that, I believe oh, Christine right. wrote me yeah. on our wall. All dedicated to him. And if you have this particular cat on your lap and you looked at, like, literally, he looks exactly like him, yeah. like his back. And <laughs> just some markings on his face don't look yeah. like him. Yeah. But he's a real sweetie. Yeah. And I'm glad we... Did you already, I was sorry, I was looking up laps and naps when you <laughs> said this, but did you mention that they were uh like on their like they just would have died in the shelter oh no i did not no but that is true it really makes me want to save all of them but they were going because they thought that the siamese was highly feral right they had to sedate her just to you know but to give her uh, shots antibiotic or what's it called vaccination thank you but um 
Yeah, but this happens often. You get them at home and they're just different yeah. once they decompress. Yeah. I mean, she needs a lot more decompressing. Though. Yeah, but she you can tell that she's just been traumatized, yeah, that she's going to really come out sad. of it. And then also just this whole experience always makes me realize like how like when people, any kind of animal is afraid, like really scared. They don't act like you have no idea what their true self is really oh. like. Yeah. I mean, I, it didn't even occur to me when we started this what a perfect lead in that is for some of the conversation with uh-huh. Devin. But yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like they are not themselves right now. They are yeah. in total survival mode, well, yeah. especially um, what are we, what's her name? Uh, Lilibet. Lilibet. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Lilibet mm-hmm. because I mean, she's just. Like so holding, yes. yeah, Hol- just holding so much tension. And yeah. you know, when people and they can act like assholes, we have had like yeah. we've had two cats that have really you would think, oh, they're just shut down assholes, and then <laughs> they're here for a little while and they're just like have so much warmth and personality oh, yeah. and sweetness. And this is something that I think it's really good to remember about people. and. I was just telling you this the other day that I have noticed when people's protectors are up. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I was saying it in a different way. But when people's protectors are up, I find like this is how I view it. The protective inner child part is off will often show up um, as kind of cold or yeah. like just like um, like aloof. It can be aloof. It can just be like, I know what I'm doing. This is mm. the only way and you're stupid. <laughs> or like, <laughs> however you're doing is wrong and I really don't care about you. It yeah. can be in a number of ways. Yeah. But if you look at them like, which is the truth, the reason they are like that is because they're scared. That's a scared inner child who's afraid of being vulnerable and showing their true self. Yeah. Yeah. I Since I have dive deeper for myself into inner child work, it has been much easier to have compassion for assholes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it just like you get so many people. I feel like this is especially true for me, at least of men. Mm-hmm. I can see practically like almost literally see them as little boys, like yeah. just see the child acting out. And it is, it is just, it makes it a lot easier to be, uh, empathetic does it matter that our um, (laughs) (laughs) socks are vibrating and moving around you i mean it's probably not the best oh but uh you know you do what you can it's better than the popping i I hope Uh, because they're not touching the mic Mm -hmm. i don't think if they are we might be screwed okay we'll find out yeah um you can listen to it back Mm mm-hmm well, anyway, <laughs> so the thing I'm excited about is your birthday present to me. Oh, to yeah. you? Oh, which one? Yeah, no, not your birthday present. That's quite I was going to say, away. I mean, you're well, good at shopping early, but. Yeah. You made me that playlist. No, I didn't know that was the one you were talking about. Yeah, of course. It's very. Let's just how you've been making it for a while. Anyway, we don't have to talk too much TMI, but I mean, it's not sexy. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's just loving. And he surprised me with a pl- long playlist that you've been making for like five years. It's something really ridiculous like that. Yeah. 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 
So that was nice. And also, you wrote me a nice letter, and there was other nice things. I had a really <laughs> nice birthday. There was a couple of things that happened that maybe I'll talk about some other time that triggered me. But oh, yeah. generally speaking, uh, I mean, except for that, I, I had a really, I just felt very loved. Well, that's good. I really, I mean, I think this may have been my favorite your birthday oh, weekend because i i think it's because it was on a sunday and you took off friday and we just had like a nice long oh uh, yeah like yeah yeah just, relaxation time okay, yeah let's let uh let's this is a little bts but can we pause this and let georgia out yeah. in i mean yep our cat one second okie dokie oh i do want to say you may have noticed that our podcast used to be coming out on Wednesdays and now it's maybe Fridays, but that's just, you know what? We're being loosey goosey. We're just allowing, we're not getting real uh, strident yeah, and stringent about our deadlines. No, no witch hazel. I don't get it. Oh, that's an astringent. Okay. So now I'm going to introduce our wonderful guest. Devin Brooks, as I mentioned, is an, in what did I say? An integrative trauma therapist <laughs> I didn't mention from New Zealand. They are a, qual a qualified music therapist and integrative somatic trauma therapist who has worked extensively in the area of complex trauma. They believe in the power of showing up as a queer and genderqueer therapist by encouraging visibility and empowerment of queer communities. They work in private practice online to help people around the world, supporting those to meet and move through their trauma experiences. To follow and know more about working with Devin, go to their Instagram at talk.trauma. And here's Nina. All right, Devin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. We're really, excited. thank you. Yeah. So before we um, get into some questions, can you tell us, um, like, how did you get into this work, into trauma specifically, trauma-focused specifically? Yeah, well, I was actually working in intellectual disability prior to working oh. in trauma work. Um, so I was, a, I was primarily trained as, well, I was trained as a music therapist. Oh, and that was my my role, you know, that's what I did. And when probably after probably about five years of working in intellectual disability, I met a psychologist who who worked with children and, and families who had experienced complex trauma. And mm. so complex trauma being a lot of the ongoing and repeated exposure to adverse experiences in our lives. Yeah. And they were like, wow, okay, you use music. When working with trauma, we need to be using more our creative, emotional parts of our brains and working with the body, the nervous system. This mm. could be really helpful for us. Would you like to come in and talk to us and show us what you do? Mm. Um, and from there, I, I started specializing in complex trauma. And yeah. I worked there at this organization, which was a nationwide organization. Um, yeah, and it was absolutely special. It was oh, really lovely. Um, and since then, I've now moved into more of an integrative approach, being trained more as a somatic therapist, 
um, using Breathwork. And I now also work uh, part of a global commission supporting communities around the world during large scale trauma. Um, So working with therapists on the ground in Ukraine, working with refugees. Oh, wow. Um, Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and seeing how music can resource and body approaches can resource people universally Mm. because there's something about that that crosses boundaries of language um, and culture and And also um, the brain too I think it's about working with a human condition yeah yeah like when you're playing music even when you're just listening to music it bypasses trying to intellectualize Mm. absolutely I think Quite often people say when working with music as a tool in therapy is that it bypasses areas of the brain and really reaches profoundly to what is mm. the pain or, you know, the heart, um, yeah. for example, you know, attunement is the idea of having this reciprocal relationship with another where you feel held and seen and heard and that you are sort of flexibly being together we we learn that through our parents you know our primary caregivers as children Hmm. but quite often children who experience neglect would not have acquired that development therefore how do we teach that it's not cognitive right 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 we use but making music with another our brain synchronized, our breathing synchronizes, mm. our circulatory system and our bodies um, synchronized. Oh, We're actually wow. experiencing what it really feels like to be attuned with another person and to be held within a musical space. You mean and when you're playing of... music with yeah. someone else, that happens naturally. I wonder why there's um, so much drama and so many bands then. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so like you think about all the amazing genius artists in the world. There's yeah. a lot of them have come from trauma, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? That takes over. Yeah. Well, the drama is also usually not when the music is playing. Yeah. Well, that's, hey. true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Are you guys musical? Yeah. 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 You we, enjoy being creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We both write music and I've been in a couple of bands. I've been a roadie cool. for a couple of her bands. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You're, the, you're the hype girl. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He's always yeah. my hype girl. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm just to not to divert too much, but so you've been mm. working with people in the Ukraine now. So I've been working with the therapists in Europe who are in okay. the neighboring countries who okay. are working with the displaced people. Uh, wow. Oh, yeah so heartbreaking it is very <sighs> but um it's been wonderful being able to connect in that way yeah can i, can I ask you i so specializing in complex uh trauma i mm. how do you or like do you have practices for sort of um like protecting yourself from Mm. taking on too much like I just think of of myself in that situation it feels like it'd be very hard to not be overwhelmed by like the stories or the the experiences of the people do you do you have methods or or practices that you do to help yourself like stay Mm. present with yourself absolutely I think before I go into any session 
I always say to myself, like, is my heart open? You know, and I mean it in such an, an embodied way and whatever that means to me at that time as well, you know, is am I present here? Is how was, you know, how was my energy here to take this on? Because also I have my own complex trauma and as well, you know, empathizing as a practitioner working with people it's hard to also have that empathy burnout almost that you are taking on by you know because you're not trying to get down in that place with them but you are alongside them on a compassionate lens and it's natural to really feel what they're feeling you know and mm-hmm. feeling wow that must be really hard for you mm-hmm. um quite often i might notice even like a few days after I'm feeling dysregulated mm-hmm. and I'm like, or reactive and, and I'm like, what the hell is that about? You know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's because maybe I haven't checked myself and sort of done the washing away after mm-hmm. working with people, which I think is really necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of cleansing. Yeah. Um, do you have, because, you know, I do energy work. So after every one of my sessions, I separate energetically. And also when I'm in session, I'm, very clear to be neutral I have like a place in my head (laughs) specifically that I say and so I'm looking I can feel if I like if I'm going in their space or not Mm. bring myself back um but Mm. the separating is really really vital um Mm. do you have anything like that or is yours more um somatically based mine's more somatic based and being creative for me being creative is a massive outlet for me Mm -hmm. to be honest Mm -hmm. yeah and a way of also I think when you were saying about you know how do I you know keep in check my energy when Mm -hmm. working with people it's also sometimes like do I have an agenda here when Mm -hmm. working with people do you think get, get that it's like how much of this is my agenda actually no I need to be completely blank here and it's their space um, I'm not trying to coerce or bring this to a certain point where I right. want to get them. It's like, how right. do I step back? So that's also working with your own energy and being like, hold on. Totally. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's right? true with everything, yeah. right? Like when you're feeling yeah. codependent or responsible or you have an agenda, like you said, then you that's when you go into other people's spaces. Yeah. And also absolutely. when you allow them into yours because yeah. – it's like, a, mm. but that's a really good point. That's what's underneath it is often if there is, um, if I am merging, there's always a reason like that. Like mm. I want, um, like either I'm feeling responsible is often what it is for me. Yeah. I'm pretty good about not wanting to change them. <laughs> yeah. It's getting out of it. I'm here to fix you. Or yeah. I don't know. Also, you want them to have a, a good experience. Right. That's in, where in that's therapy where room. What is like? Yes. That's yeah. I'm like, I want Five them stars. to. What? I want them to leave. Yeah. Sorry. What did you say, Brett? I just said you want the five stars. Yeah. The, yeah. From the it's client. Very Which is all selfish. about us. Yeah. It's, yeah. Such a me, it's a me thing. It's not a you thing. <laughs> totally. Do you oh, like God, it? Yeah. Do you like yeah, me? Yeah. Do you like me? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah. yeah. But we're human, well, we're right? human. What's oh. that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, 
Um, so here's a question that maybe I should have led with, but just in case people, I only recently, maybe like a couple, maybe now it's been three or four years heard about the definition of trauma. I always thought that it was the event, but I know mm. you've talked about on Instagram, what is trauma? Mm. Um, so can you tell people what it is actually? Yeah, absolutely. So trauma isn't exactly what happened to us. It's what happened in our bodies as a result of what happened to us. Um, and there's different definitions with like complex trauma and people quite often know of PTSD, post-traumatic right. stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder is more of an event. It's a period of your life maybe mm-hmm. where your body has gone into a survival response where it became stuck where that activated energy was unable to be released Mm -hmm. Um, and quite often it's because we get these contradicting things of maybe I'm going into survival mode I need to protect myself but I need to stay connected with maybe the perpetrator because they are my parent or you know Mm -hmm. so we get kind of conflicted um, motives really Mm -hmm. for the body both protective because to connect is a survival, <laughs> part of our survival as well, to have connections, yeah. while it's also protecting ourselves and fleeing from the pain is also. Um, yeah. So, you know, you might have people who have just, who have been um, during... War is often... A, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Large-scale traumatic events would be like PTSD, you know? Yeah. Um, where you're feeling that separation from your community and a sense of belonging and displacement, but also, you know, so you're having to to move into those survival modes, but at the same time, still trying to feel connected to your place and your people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also complex trauma, as I said before, is that ongoing repeated exposure. That's so different. That's when trauma be- seems to appear as your personality almost. Oh, your way of being in the world way. yeah yeah because like it's like growing up in a home or an environment where it was constantly unsafe right so your nervous system is always going into fight flight freeze shut down the different um survival responses that we innately have mm-hmm. um that then influences how we see ourselves how we construct our personalities um you know, uh, it also influences how we make relationships with others, how we see the world around us. Um, and I'm queer. I identify as queer and genderqueer, non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up in a household of boys. Um, I grew up, yeah, I feel like almost having an adaption of myself mm-hmm. that was meeting the needs of the other people because I wanted to stay connected and have that sense of belonging. Because mm-hmm. if I was authentic and, you know, just <laughs> was me, yeah, that, that could be scary. That could be quite yeah. dangerous and threatening. Yeah. So, because mm-hmm. what could happen, you know? Um, Were they not so accepting of you, of you being queer? They, they were, they okay. were. But growing up, you don't know. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? It could be How a, are you to yeah. know until yeah. it happens? Um, and, you know, and also when I did come out, which is just 
bullshit that you have to come out I in the know, first place. Totally. Um yes. that like there was a transitionary period, you know, mm. where you do feel a rift or a rupture almost in your primary relationship with the attachment with your parent, where it's mm-hmm. like it's like the first time ever you, you know, you always feel that there's love's conditional. And then for the first time ever, you're like, oh, maybe there's conditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Now, I was actually imagine... told by my mother that she conditionally loved me. So yeah. I'm familiar. And, imagine, and what that does, eh, to yeah. how we formulate ourselves in the world. Yeah. I wanted... So that's complex trauma. Okay. And when you said... um about it becomes your personality you said something else on instagram about it affecting identity construction is that how you put Mm. it can you talk about that is that related to what you're saying yeah it is so identity construction is a natural development that we all go through Mm -hmm. from from birth right through to now you know Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if you survival will always override identity construction mm. and your mm. sense of self being built, mm. um, right? So, like your need that, for survival will surpass the yeah. ability to like na- to naturally know yourself and be authentic. Is that what you mean? Absolutely, yeah. using your voice can be very scary and actually quite threatening. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, what are your core beliefs? What are what are your likes, your interests? If you're always in in survival mode, you're gonna have maybe a bit of a dissociation to the world. Um, your um, your interests may actually be things that are quite chaotic. They actually give you a lot of stimulation because you need mm. it because your nervous system's mm. really activated and charged. So you need uh, things that are gonna meet you where you're at. You know what I mean? Well, can you um, give an example of that? Well, an example of that, example of that could be your um, relationships. Mm. You may be finding friendships that are quite turmoil um, uh. and um, yeah, tumultuous. Sorry, and also mm. um, yeah, that that provide you with the the type of knowing that you've always known through relationships in the past and what you've built and created around you. Um, it could also be that you seek thrill, that you love things that are dangerous and getting mm. to high places and jumping off things. And, mm. you know, because your nervous system is set to that sort of, yeah, high charge. intensity. Yeah. Right? So sometimes well, and... when people feel that way, it's like, sometimes I imagine that's just naturally what people are drawn to, but sometimes mm-hmm. it can be because their nervous system is so activated is that what you mean absolutely absolutely like what is their normal foundation for their nervous system Mm. quite often people who first get into quite you know a safe and healthy relationship feel unsafe and feel bored right bored is the big one i think yeah right people because they're used to chaos and conflict right right they're used to the idea of like, oh, this could end at any moment or what type right. of person am I going to get today? They've, they know how to navigate that. That's normal. They've had a parent like that all their <laughs> lives. Right. But they yeah. have, but to have someone who's just always consistent, predictable, caring, yeah. you know, compassionate. Yeah. What the fuck's, what the fuck's that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and you, yeah. you mentioned too that people will get 
like people in those kinds of uh, upbringings will often dissociate. And so like if you are used to a high level of chaos and you are dissociated from it, then for something to reach through all of that would have to be really elevated in terms of its stimulus. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And dissociation is a big, big part. Like a lot of, a lot of children grow up thinking, oh gosh, I've even, I can't even remember my childhood mm -hmm. or my childhood's quite blurry or, mm. or they were like, I was just such an easy kid. I feel <laughs> that, you know, I was, nothing's ever a problem. I yeah. was always pretty chill, but <laughs> actually I was so numb from my feelings mm -hmm. and so disconnected from my energy and my body that I didn't get the opportunity to construct and formulate who I was in the world, mm. you know? Yep. Yeah. And I think, um, what was I going to say? Do you think that part of um, healing from that, like, because I often will have clients who are bored in happy relation or you know it's funny you call them happy <laughs> yeah. but like healthy relationships and do you think it is a matter of learning to be comfortable with that boredom and then it can change and they will because my feeling is that once that happens they can start to authentically connect in a mm. way from their heart to that person's heart yeah I think way you know we've have had relational trauma so we've have had unpredictable and chaotic relationships just to say yeah prior. the only way to unlearn is to provide opportunities of safety with another person mm. and it's always going to be feel uncomfortable at the beginning yeah. but yeah it's about providing also that sense of safety for yourself and knowing what that really feels like and sitting with mm -hmm. the discomfort of feeling safe yeah um and you know it's yeah it's like it's a relearning you know luckily yeah. we we have the ability to relearn and rewire and we're we're malleable to our yeah. environment yeah. you know so yeah mm -hmm. I was just gonna ask what are some of your um or do you have some favorite techniques for people to do when they are let's say in that situation or when they're feeling really anxious or mm. they're learning how to feel safe. Mm. Mm. So I quite, um, is it, uh, Dr. Peter Levine, um, who created the somatic experiencing um, approach. Um, he does lots of wonderful techniques where you create physical containers mm. for yourself. And What's I quite that? like, so it's literally providing barriers around your uh, body. Like um, hugging and yourself and hugging yes, your head. Yeah, feeling. Different, uh, yeah. Absolutely. And holding and being with that space. Mm. I quite like it because it doesn't try to change or eliminate anything, right? Mm. That feeling of discomfort. Mm. It's, about, it's about bringing the awareness that this is all being contained and it's all happening within my body. It's mm. not out there in the world. Mm. because quite often when we're feeling anxious and stressed we go out into the world and everything is not going our way everything is scary and I don't want to go to this party because I don't know I'm not going to know anyone and you know these are it's all just going flowing through our bodies mm -hmm. so it's creating a bit of a container 
putting a wee bit of a lid on it mm-hmm. in a healthy way. <laughs> yeah. You're shutting it down. Going, yeah, what? you're not shutting it. You're shutting it down. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's a pressure. <laughs> but but it's it's just about being like, I've got you. I really like that because from an energetic perspective, um, I think I feel that like when you leave, I would call it leaving your body, that happens a lot when you're anxious. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm either you're stuck in your head, but you do kind of leave, you have to leave the rest of your body in order to get in your head that much. (laughs) You kind of shut off from the rest of it. And so when you physically touch yourself, it's like a reminder I'm here, you know, especially in that sort of like hugging different parts of your body, hugging your head. It's a real reminder. No, I have a body. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. rest of me is here. I'm not just, you know. Absolutely. It allows us to be more in our um, ventral vagal, which is like that kind of part of your nervous system, which is your at ease, comfortable state where you're able to connect with people. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah. It allows you to bring you back into here. Like I'm here. It's maybe still bubbling, maybe mm-hmm. it's still happening, but because we're not trying to eliminate, we're just trying yeah. to sit with it, right? Mm-hmm. And and yeah. build a sense of resiliency and tolerating and managing the feeling. Yeah. yeah. Another one mm-hmm. I really like is looking around wherever you are for to just check in if there's a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, like my wall Mm -hmm. is that a threat no okay you know just like (laughs) this is my computer a threat no I was kind Mm -hmm. of playing with that when I was at Costco the other day to see if I could do it with people but I I don't like to do that with them (laughs) because my mind's still like maybe maybe they're a threat that might be a threat yeah exactly (laughs) I was like all right so I try it but totally (laughs) But I, I used to do that with children. So oh, um, yeah. where I was working, a lot of them were so oh, stuck in their bodies oh. and just so scared to enter a space with other kids. Oh. So scary because they're very hypervigilant and it was just a lot of stimulation, a lot going on. So, you know, everything was quite unpredictable. And going alongside them and being like, yeah, this is really scary. Yeah. We don't know these people. You know, you don't know these people. <laughs> yeah. You don't know this place. Yeah. This is this is scary. How yeah. about we just go over here to this corner and let's just go watch them. Hmm. You know, let's like just check that. it. Let's just check it all out and be like, yeah. oh yeah, they're over. You know, and literally scanning the room and sort of um debunking or you know yeah, deconstructing exactly. the hypervigilance and being like, it's okay. I'm gonna help yeah. you through this response here. Yeah, yeah, the hypervigilant part is I always talk about it because it's the I feel like it's the most I look at it as an inner child part and it's it's mm. really the hardest to not to I mean it's very healable but it is you know because it's on depending on how old the person is it's been on high alert for a while so it needs a lot of mm. checking in consistently mm-hmm. like oh look, see, st- see, we're still okay. Everything's mm-hmm. okay. But I really yeah. love that saying like, this feels scary. I remember, um, I feel like I've talked about this before, but I, I'm always so astonished how well that works, especially with kids. Like when our daughter was little, it really worked with her so well. Like if I was like, 
you're scared. You're sad. Mm. Like just saying it instead of trying they, to. Yeah, go ahead. They may not have the, the, the vocabulary as well. So yeah. you're giving yeah. words that they can use to identify themselves. Yeah. Or mm. even if they are like crying and saying it like, yeah, you're sad. I think that the like common thought is if you say that it's going to make it worse because you're acknowledging and then no. you're valid. You're like, you know, and you feel heard. It. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But being feeling heard just melts it away. Mm. Mm. Um, and yeah, another thing just about your, about talking about the inner child and yeah. um, about the hypervigilance, this professor Richard um, Schwartz um created this internal family systems have you mm -hmm. heard of this oh yep. yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not i'm not trained in that um mm -hmm. but i have seen him talk on it a bit and um one thing i i took from it was speaking to parts of yourself you know okay. and yep. and meeting that hyper vigilant self and asking you know how old do you think i am yes that's a great question to ask them right a lot of times they're like yeah. Five years old, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and saying I'm 32 now. Yeah, like, exactly. You don't need to do this anymore. Yeah, you. I always say this. I say this a lot to my clients. Like, you really have to update your inner various inner child yeah. parts about so many things. Update, yeah, like yeah. especially a lot of times I'll be like, "Do you know my mom is actually dead?" And yeah. I remember the wow. first time I said it, and my inner child was like what like had uh, no idea i was like yeah she's yeah not here at all like it's me and you wow. that's it yeah it's wild how um much the i i feel like the human psyche should be more easily updatable <laughs> it's really yeah. like there's so once you know how to do it it gets easier and easier but like really it feels not that efficient that's funny you say that <laughs> But I, I feel like so much of it is the human brain has is wired to make habits and shortcuts. And so mm -hmm. when it is in a dangerous environment and it finds something that helps it feel safe or helps it like mitigate what it perceives to be the danger, yeah, it's gonna latch onto that and not question it until it's forced to. Yeah, but ah. it gets so ingrained really yeah. young and then it's yes. like it's yeah. not so easy as like oh no but hey this is safe that doesn't work when you're right. older mm. right yeah. right that's true your body will your body and brain will always go to what's familiar yeah exactly. always yeah and what's you know, so familiar you need to a new been, familiar but what's familiar is established between the ages of zero and seven and so mm. that's why like you have to it takes because that's when your brain is at that malleable place of theta waves mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it takes all this extra work to be like, okay, you know, anyway, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate, we have to end in a second and I hate to gloss over this part because it's huge and it's like a lot of the, I think it's the identity of what you do a lot. Do you work a lot with queer people? I'm talking about queer trauma. Yeah. That's what you're on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I, I, um, I show up as a queer therapist wow, and I think great. that's really cool <laughs> for yeah, me it is. because I've, I've I wasn't ever I've never really done that before until I sort of created this private practice mm. and 
and the social media. So, and because I think just being visible and seen as a queer therapist, it attracts people who think, oh, wow, I would love to be with, you know, work with someone who who also could see parts of me as well. Yeah. Um, So I, yeah, I work a lot with uh, queer people from all around the world um, and Mm. trans people, um, even essentially I see also people who um who may identify as hetero um as straight but have parts of themselves where they have this like part of their identity is that oh but I am also part of me is queer even though I'm married and such but like yeah. how do I kind of as a part of myself I haven't quite nurtured mm-hmm. you know I have to sort of just mm-hmm. because we're it's in identity construction right so yeah. That means it can be flexible and can change and go back and forth. It's not this linear, oh, right. I'm always just going to be this all my life. No, right. we can be how we want to be in the world. So, um, yeah, I work a lot with queer people, trauma, and a lot around identity and authenticity. Mm, yeah. Love that. Yeah, yeah, that's been really important for um our kids that we have a trans daughter who has a trans therapist and that's been really good for her just to see Mm. people like just like representation and in her life absolutely yeah absolutely um well thank you so much Devin for being here it was really lovely talking to you it was such a pleasure I could just keep talking (laughs) I know there's so much more to say yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) Um, can you tell people where they can find you? Absolutely. So on Instagram at uh, talk.trauma. So talk, talk.trauma. Um, you can find me. And from there, there's links to if you want to work with me, yes. um, working online with people around the world. But yeah. Yes. Yay. Absolutely. Thank Great. you. Yeah. Thanks, thank Devin. you. Hey, it's been such a pleasure. so great we really really enjoyed them yeah yeah i feel like we could have them on for like two more episodes and still not cover everything we wanted to yeah um okay so i will just now go into the energy report Um, I actually just finished writing the energy report for February in Mind Body Green. If you want to head over there, maybe you can link it in the showing. I sure can. MBG. Um, but here's the old bottom line, which is that when I, you know, I actually have been aware of uh, the astrology and I was, you know, kind of looking at it. But then when I just tune into that energy without that in mind, I kind of get something different. I think oh. I don't, I don't even know if that's entirely true, but um, I listen. let's put it this way. I listened to Channing Nicholas, um, renowned astrologer, <laughs> and um, it just feels different than what they're saying or she's saying, okay. but um this is what I'm getting this week, which is a feel. I do feel just in general in February, kind of this feeling of cloudiness, of confusion, of, you know, like a lack. It's a weird combo of things are moving faster than they were in January. It doesn't mm. feel like huddle down, hunker down, but it 
does feel it feels actually now that I think about it very Piscean it kind of like but it doesn't turn into Pisces till the end of the month but it's just very like confusing is how mm. it, or just like cloudy and it's making me think of this thing I've been saying a lot lately which is about being in the messy middle mm. yeah so I was actually just talking to FOS, friend of the show, Jonathan <laughs> Coe, about confusion. And I've always, not always, but I have been looking at confusion lately as this inner child part that is overwhelmed. Like, mm. I feel like a lot of the times when we think we're confused, we're not really yeah. confused. Yeah. That it's an inner child part that's overwhelmed and we just don't want to look at it. They're afraid that if we look at it, we'll have to change things or they're afraid if we look at them that they're going to feel overwhelmed right. the feeling if we just ignore it it'll go away but then it turns into confusion so that is part of it but jonathan told me this other kind of twist on that which is that actually he didn't they didn't put it this way but basically it's proof of being in the messy middle hmm. which is like if you're confused it's a good sign is what they were saying it's like you're not in the old pattern of being sometimes i would oh. say this is probably really true if you're working on growing yeah like if you're yeah and so like working on a new habit or changing up a old family pattern or whatever so it's like you're not where you were but you don't right. know yet where you're going. Right. And so it's like you're sort of in this in-between, what I would call the messy middle. And I like this idea of looking at that as positive, as like, well, great, this means you're growing. Right. And then maybe adding something to that, like, well, then what else is possible? Oh, okay. I don't know where I'm going yet. I'm not, I'm kind of uncomfortable. But what am I not seeing here that... I like or that is working mm. or that feels good or you know what can I ground into basically if it's feeling cloudy where can I feel grounded even as I'm in this messy middle mm. so sometimes that can be like I talked about last week bringing in the energy of your future self feels really nice or your true self um man I, now that I'm talking about this more it's just been like wild hearing people have been contacting me and stuff like saying how they have their own little inner worlds. Oh, and wow. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, but yeah, con and then one of my clients was saying they they were feeling that self in that world, not as like a future self, but as a true self, which I really love. Wow, that's, I like that yeah. distinction a lot. Yeah, and, and it's true because there is no time anyway. So it's like, okay, right. your most highest version of yourself is just your truth. And so then you can connect to that at any time. Yeah, it's exactly, I was just thinking that like the some of the things you've read to me about uh, about connecting to that, like embodying that energy, it just makes a lot more sense. Like it clicks in my head a lot more thinking of it as your true self more than your future self. Yeah. 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 Because by definition, if it's in the future, then it's like, well, it doesn't exist now. Right. Right. So anyway, I think that can be a nice way to be more comfortable in the confusion as well as just knowing and understanding that, look, we are where we are and that's fine. And actually, I just realized that I did not mention at the top of the episode anything about um, things where people can find me. But I want to say here is that I just... Um, 
Maybe it'll be no, probably we won't be ready. Be ready Friday, but um, this show. Oh, no, that's all. No, my class. But very shortly, it will be. I just recorded the class for my anyone who pre-orders the book. It'll also be up for sale if you don't want to pre-order it. Um, but um, I talk in. The, it's called the inner gaze, and it's about tools to connect to your um your true knowing your um, inner certainty and releasing external validation and what i say in there is that humans it's just wild and i do think this is because of capitalism and the patriarchy but humans have really been raised to be doings you know human doings and to work and to perform and and because of that it's like i feel like we often need to be reminded that many of the things that are just part of being human are just normal like being in a place where you know when we're growing it just doesn't happen all linear linear linearly lin linearly linearly thank you. <laughs> um and you know that that is just normal it's normal to be working on yourself and then getting confused or even working on like let's say a math problem and not knowing and that's just normal we're not computers yeah and i do think it's being raised in this kind of a society that we are just encouraged to be work machines and it's just so disrespectful to the process of being a human yeah so anyway um you know be kind to yourself and uh when you are in this place of uh if you feel that you're kind of like i don't know what's going on just know that's normal and also it can be fun to connect to the parts of yourself that feel clear if that's what you're wanting or feel joyful or feel whatever it is that you're wanting you can do that just imagine that feeling i also have an um embodying a quality you want mm-hmm. meditation that people like um you can find that on the website so that's really my recommendation for the week um that and to pre-order my book yeah and you will very soon after get this wonderful meditation where actually you do i add a little bit of timeline jumping or um Mm. connecting to that self that's part of that meditation as well where you're connecting to the part of you that doesn't need any external validation and feels good and you're also um connecting to your inner child and guides in this really beautiful way as you do anyway listen it's all great Mm. you can find out more on the website at some point yeah it's a great promotion i'm really good at it well Uh, don't forget if you or rather when you pre-order the book mm -hmm. to email natasha at highestlighthealing at gmail.com and share your receipt yeah uh, redacted as you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. Uh, and then it's just so you so i can send you the class when it's done at some point I think I think they may still have to email me even after you set up the link. I don't know. We'll figure that out. But um, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> y'all, I feel like this episode's a little, or I'm a little scattered today. No, it's a little, a good little uh, wonky. Uh, wonky, yeah. We hope you still love us. We're humans. <laughs> wonky humans. <laughs> <laughs> All right.